Hey friends, welcome to the Way of the Master podcast. I'm Tom Johnston, and today I want to lay a foundation in this first episode of our podcast, uh, a foundation for understanding the Jesus way. You know, Jesus uh, is our example in life. He's our example in ministry. I know a lot of times we look to him for the way of salvation and for our healing and for our sanctification, for our transformation as we should. But we should also look at Jesus for the way he did what he did. The way he taught, the way he made disciples is essential to his kingdom movement. And so today the episode is entitled, The Path to Obedience. You know, in Matthew 28, Jesus gives us the Great Commission. It says this, starting verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm always with you to the end of the age. Now we've talked before, uh, if you've been in any uh, teaching or dialogue with me, about this passage, that the emphasis in the Greek is on the make disciples, not on the go. The go, therefore, is, you know, could be translated going from here, as you go from here, when you go from here, you know, as you go uh, on your journey. Uh, make disciples of every ethnos, so every, every language group, every people group. And this is to baptize them in the name, which is singular, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So immerse them into the person of God. And then it says this, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And then it gives us the promise of his presence forever. But the teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you is the essential part here in the making of disciples. You know, the, the, the baptizing, the going, uh, and the teaching is all a focus on seeing people become obedient to Christ, to observe or to do, literally, all that's commanded. So not just teach them what is commanded, but teach them how to do what is commanded. And a lot of times we, we kind of get hung up on the how-to. In fact, you know, I have serious questions about the how-to in, in modern pastoral ministry as we uh, really are not seeing a lot of fruit in the ministry uh, in the church in the West today, around the world, of course. The church is in revival in different areas, other places. It's in greater decline than it is in the United States. But we need to reevaluate what we do and how we do it in order to bring people into that place of obedience. You know, Jesus, in the, in the great... Uh, Commandments, Matthew 22, uh, tells us that uh, we are really to, um, you know, bring people to obedience to God and bring them into a relationship with him that is completely, um, uh, completely focused on the Lord, completely immersed, completely baptized in him and his way of life. In Deuteronomy 4, which is where Jesus grabs uh, the first part of the Great Commandments, uh, Moses says to the people in 
Deuteronomy 6, starting verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And so it starts out here, O Israel, Shema Yisrael. Shema is the word for hear. In ancient uh, Hebrew, there's only 8,000 words, so they didn't have a word for obey. All they had was hear, listen. And so when God spoke, uh, we were supposed to respond to that immediately and with our whole life. So we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. So everything about us, everything about our life was meant to be lived unto obedience to God. So the call is to obedience uh, because we're wayward, right? We're, we're rebels. We've, we've rebelled against God. And so now there's this call back to obedience and obedience to life in Christ, obedience to the Jesus way. Now, I, I think, quite honestly, that we have inherited a cultural Christianity that has left us, at least in part, deceived. That we have been brought to the place where it's been about buildings and about attendance and about uh, uh, cash. You know, we used to call it the ABCs, attendance, buildings, and cash. And so uh, it's become about church programs, it's about coming to a meeting and in that sense, we've turned it into kind of an attractional process of trying to get people to enter into a uh, relationship with Christ by coming to an event or coming to events or participating in programs. And Jesus, quite honestly, didn't do that. He went out and engaged people uh, relationally. And so um, I, I think we're at least in part deceived. And I get this from uh, 2 Corinthians 10, Paul speaking to the, the Corinthians who weren't quite sure about him sometimes, but uh, uh, really he was challenging them again in their thinking about him, about the church, about Christ. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 10, starting verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power, to destroy strongholds. Now he goes on to define what a stronghold is. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So, so what's he talking about? Well, the, the stronghold here is an enculturated way of thinking about things. And in relation to the church, in relation to pastoral ministry, in relation to leadership in the kingdom context, um, we have a stronghold of what we think that is. And it's a, it's a thing that literally, uh, in our thinking, can prevent the knowledge of Christ coming to us and through us to others. So if we embrace a certain model or methodology of ministry that does not align with the Jesus way, then we've got a problem. And, and I think we do have a problem, and I think that's why we lack this fruitfulness. You see, in, in John 14, 6, Jesus makes this very amazing statement in, in the midst of a discussion with the disciples. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And so, obviously, that applies to salvation, but so much bigger. My friend Mike Perkinson and I kind of coined this phrase you know, almost 20 years ago, but 
We say it this way, the truth, capital T, is a person, capital P, meaning Christ. The way is a person. The life is a person. So Jesus, as, as the, the living truth, Jesus as the living way, Jesus as life itself, uh, is essential for us to understanding what it means to be a disciple, what it means to come in obedience to him, and honestly, what it means to be uh, a pastor, a disciple maker. Uh, as I've shared in my blog and in other places, that really being uh, a, a rabbi of Jesus, uh, a one who leads people into discipleship with Jesus, is really essential. And because the truth is a person, uh, the truth is not just a bunch of statements, it's not just doctrine, uh, but it's a person that someone needs to encounter the person who is the truth to be set free. Jesus said, you'd know the truth and the truth would set you free. Well, you know, propositional truth, ideas, philosophy doesn't set you free. Christ does. So you have to know the person. There has to be a relational connection with the person uh, to be set free. In fact, you know, uh, in, in John uh, 5.39, Jesus says to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures for in them you think you find eternal life and it is they that bear witness to me. So even all of the truth of scripture points to the person who is the truth, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus also said he's the way. Now, we know he's the only way to the Father, but I think it's bigger than that in the sense that Jesus is the life pattern for us. He is the model for us. We ought to live his way. And as pastors, I think we are supposed to also minister the way he did, that the way he engaged people is the pattern. And it's only by the Holy Spirit uh, living in us, the Spirit of Christ, that we can walk the way of the Master. And so there is this whole going back to being immersed in the person of God, that the Holy Spirit is the one who actually helps us walk the way. And the life is a person. Our spiritual vitality is totally connected to the person of Jesus Christ through our koinonia, or fellowship, with the Holy Spirit. And so it is in this that we come to the realization that the church uh, is, is about a group of people being in relationship with the person of God uh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And so our process, our ministry process, has to be about making disciples who are able to observe the way who are able to live by the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. And so our, our ministry, because uh, Jesus is a person, our ministry must be essentially uh, one of personhood. In other words, that we are connecting with people uh, as people in the context of relationship. And so, really, what, what it's about, it's about the incarnation. It's about living the truth, capital G, uh, T, um, the, the truth of Jesus living through us and giving people the gift of presence. Um, Dr. William Lang used to say that uh, uh, when God gives a gift, he wraps it in a person. And so, the person of Christ... Uh, is the gift to us, and then Christ in us, the hope of glory, 
is how we give that gift away to other people. So God has wrapped himself in us, uh, the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and so we must live out the way of Jesus with those that we would disciple and lead into obedience. Now, it's, it ministry is about proclamation. It's speaking the truth, speaking about Jesus with others. And notice I said with, not at. Uh, my friend Mike Perkinson and I always talk about that, that in, in the Jesus way, it's always a discussion. Now, there's obviously a place for teaching and preaching, but uh, most often, as we see in, in the New Testament and the Gospels with Jesus, he's in dialogue with people. And so that's super important that we have a place where people can dialogue with us and with each other and other leaders that we're developing so that they can process what is, is being taught in the scripture, what they've heard taught perhaps in a sermon or a Bible study or some other kind of teaching, that there needs to be a dialogue about that. The church is also, because it's relational and because it's driven through this person who is the way, the truth, and the life, it's really a community that we're, we're living the truth with others. We're living the Jesus way with others. Because Jesus has called us to his way of life. Not just a way of belief, but a way of life. And then it's about the demonstration of that person being in our midst. It's living and giving the truth for others. It's demonstrated in our actions. It's demonstrated in how we have a relationship, that we're demonstrating Christ to people demonstrating what it looks like to live in, in a marriage, in a family, uh, in a community. Uh, so we see that demonstration. We also see the demonstration of Christ's power through us as we pray. He sent us out to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. So when God does something through us with his power, there is another kind of demonstration of Christ in us. And, you know, ultimately, it's about bringing people uh, to, to maturity in Christ, maturing in the truth, that they grow, and they become fruitful and multiply. And so incarnation, proclamation, community, demonstration, and growth and fruitfulness are part of the outputs of, of and, and means of doing pastoral ministry. Because our walk with Jesus is a way of life. It's not just a series of meetings, because the way is a person. And, you know, it, it's about bringing church, quote unquote, see the air quotes there, to people, not simply bringing people to church. So it's about being church and, and incarnating that reality, uh, sharing the truth of Jesus, demonstrating what Jesus looks like. And, you know, ultimately, in that context of community, it's about family. We're a body of believers who has the same father through uh, adoption uh, in Christ. And so it's about those relationships. So really, pastoral ministry, bring people into the way of life, into the way of Jesus, that we would love him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might that we would come into that through living examples and sharing the truth and walking the way uh, together in the context of community, seeing people grow and, and be fruitful in Christ. So it's really important to understand that that call is a call to a way of life, not just a way of belief. You know, the belief is one thing, but belief in the, in the scriptures in the New Testament is really lived out in the context of 
doing it. So, you know, not just being hearers, as James says, but doers of the word. Jesus says, you build your house in the rock if you hear my word and you do them. So it's all this idea of Shema. It's listen so as to obey. And so to lead people into obedience with Christ, it's all this. It's, it's all incarnational. It's all relational. Where we are engaging people in the Jesus way uh, towards full obedience in Christ. We love him, it says in 1 John 4.19, because he first loved us. So our loving response to God is to obey him in in. Uh, the Gospel of John, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so uh, love is an action, not an emotion. And while there are wonderful emotions with it, sometimes we do things of love without feeling it, without having it, uh, being an emotive thing. And so today, I just really want to encourage you that uh, we need to live the way of Jesus out loud in front of people. We need to incarnate Christ. We need to proclaim Christ. We need to live Christ in community with others. We need to demonstrate Christ through our actions and through uh, his miraculous power working through us so that those that we are leading in discipleship come uh, into maturity in Christ, that they grow and that they're fruitful and they multiply themselves. So I think this is all very essential to the Jesus way in that we would embrace a different process of ministry. Uh, jokingly, in our church, we call it uh, hand-to-hand ninja pastoring, that there's a lot of skill and stealth required uh, as we lead people to Christ, as we help them walk through their their uh, their issues. But it's very one-on-one. It's very pastoral. It's very relational. And so we have to find time to step away from uh, the attractional things that we seem to be demanded of by culture and get back to the Jesus way. The simplicity of sowing into a few, our three, our 12, our 72, as it were, from the scripture. And in the context of that, developing those people and those leaders who themselves will multiply, see more and more people become obedient to the way of Jesus. So I want to encourage you today to do an evaluation. Where are you kind of stuck in the cultural mode of church, the cultural mode of pastoral ministry? And what do you kind of need to divest yourself of? What, what, what kind of stuff that's on you has to come off of you? You know, really, honestly, what stuff shouldn't even be being done? How is it that you can step back and engage with people, engage developing leaders who can multiply themselves spiritually into other people? How is it that you can shift your focus so that people can become obedient to the way of Jesus? Because I can tell you, just sitting in our churches, they're not getting it. (laughs) Jack Hayford said someone can sit in your church for 20 years and and then finally get it after a while. And and that's true because there's very little uh, way to close the loop. You know, I often say this, that People get to come back next week to your church, no matter what they do with what you said last week. Uh, They can just come back because that has been our goal is to get people to the meeting. I would rather have uh, a 72 core of disciples who are really serious about Jesus because I know they will multiply and multiply in health uh, and multiply disciples. I'd rather have that than a thousand people who just showed up every Sunday. 
I, I don't need that. Uh, what I really have a heart for is making disciples. So today I want to encourage you to do an evaluation and to see where you're at in helping people become obedient to the way of Jesus. God bless.